Hey there, and welcome to another episode of, uh, what is this show? The Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. I yes. am Tony Arkin. This is my brother, Matthew Arkin. We are brothers. Yes. We talk about movies. Tonight, welcome to our discussion about the Darjeeling Limited from uh, 2007, starring Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, Jason Schwartzman, and directed and co-written by the great Wes Anderson. Hope you enjoy. control of this train (laughs) oh wow where did that come from it was a great surprise (laughs) yeah i love that that's my favorite part of the show is uh is the opening credits the surprise every time yeah and the the drink that i get to have during the show and uh oh look at that yeah for those of Um, you just listening to the podcast and not availing yourself of the tremendous visual experience that this show can be Ah, Matthew's having a sip from a uh, from a beaker from a science from a movie starring Klaus Kinski. Yeah, no, this is actually a um, is that a special kind of glass? I should know what that is, but kind of glass uh, for uh, grappa, and uh, I'm drinking grappa from it, made by the wonderful Slow to V distillery that alexis and sophia's parents own yes um, i gotta get some of that because i am a fan of that uh, beverage actually is. and um i've been hearing good things it's pretty spectacular and in honor of the show tonight this is the the passion fruit uh grappa that they make uh which yeah. was the closest thing i could think of to something that might be uh quaffed during uh, a nice train ride through india Okay. I mean, I I will only say that you perhaps could have think, you know, have something slightly more tropical in mind or with some lime as they had in the movie. Grappa's not, I don't think of uh No, not good. But the passion India. Fruit and the passion okay. fruit and the classiness of it. The, the classiness I'll go for, yeah. Fancy as you as per usual. Yeah. I was gonna try and make some cocktail with batch twenty-two, as is my want, the Darjeeling limited. Yeah, I was expecting what happened. Why didn't you do that? I was too busy this week. Uh, I wanted to get some tea, actually, some like Darjeeling tea and brew Mm -hmm. it up and then, you know, maybe cold brew some tea and come up with a drink using batch 22 and some tea. Um, I'll have to get around to that. But you just couldn't be you you couldn't be uh, whatever the word is. I was bothered. (laughs) Couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be Thank bothered. you. Bothered. Yeah, I had other words had other that things. came to mind and I didn't say them. Um, no, I had a really busy week. We had a big event this week at the San Diego Museum of Art. Where oh, did we you? Were, okay. I we saw were, some pictures on Instagram. Looked like a big shindig. Very fancy. We were serving cocktails there. We were serving a cocktail called the Ice Cubist that the uh, that the Museum of Art created in in uh, for the event. Um, and I, I've been getting out on my bicycle a lot, riding my bike. I've decided to try and get healthy. I know, crazy. Can we go? Crazy. Can we move on? Can we have another conversation? Hello, 
How do we do? Hello. We have some responsibility to the listener. <laughs> they don't want to hear about my bike riding? No, they might, but I mean, you know. How about what I'm going to have for dinner? I'm going to have for dinner after this, in honor of the movie, a vegetable biryani and mattress lentils. That's great. I, I actually I haven't had um, good biryani, biryani in a long time. Because uh, I don't know how to make it. I don't know really anything about preparing that food. I wish I did, but I can't make it. And I rely on the occasional trip to a restaurant. Mine was specially prepared for me by Trader Joe. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So it's the real deal. It's the real, yeah, yeah. It's the the real, real authentic spicing. Yeah, he went hunting, yeah. hunting for it. and uh, Right. Um, so you're still in the, you're still in liquor land. You're still in a business in the business land. You I'm going to be in liquor land for the next several years. It's amazing that you have time to talk to me at all. I'm very grateful that you're here. You're the only other person I talk to. This is the only other thing is I it, do. I'm yeah. neck and neck with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much don't see or do any, I didn't do anything or see anybody anymore. Did you, you did watch anything else besides this movie that we had to watch for tonight? Well, I have been uh, also kind of busier than I like to be, which only means that I'm I'm too busy to just like watch a movie or two a day, at least. Like you usually and, um, do. Yeah, like you should. And um, so I'm you know, I'm I'm watching um Paper Girls. I'm I'm in the middle of the season now. I'll like bite you or something. I haven't finished it yet. Um, I, I just want, I want to binge it, but I can't, but I think I'm on five yeah. and it's, um, it's great. I'm genuinely hooked. It's genuinely. It is pretty terrific. And especially our producer, our producer's uh, fantastic on it. Um, I mean, let's face it. The show really only became a show when our three producers, uh, deigned to, uh, come in and help us out. We were nothing without them. It's true. I'm, I I completely agree with that. This is, I mean, people, you know, who do watch, they're like, you know, uh -oh. are you one doing how? What's that? Are you interrupting me them, now? Is that how this works? You just one of talk right type, over me. One it's of them typing something to us saying, and don't forget it. Sorry. True. That's all right. I was just going on and on. You got to cut me <laughs> off. No, I, I want to hear no, you got to cut me off. You know, I, I talked too got much. Distracted just make, just Sophia, keep the I, show rolling. Sophia, I'm a blowhard. Like, leaned forward. She leaned forward and started going like this, and I was wondering what was going to happen. I just talked too damn much. I I could listen to you talk all day long. In fact, I'm going to. Because you've got nothing to say about this movie. <laughs> no, I have lots to say about this movie. <laughs> I have um, I have lots to say about this movie. I love it here. These people are beautiful. Um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, I don't think we've ever talked about Wes Anderson before. Actually, we haven't. It's never come up. No, we're going to talk about him tonight. So I'm I'm really uh, I'm really curious. Yeah, you want well, me? To... I, I I am curious. You want me to give you an indication of whether or not I I like his. Uh... No, I don't need you to rush the rapids. I just, I, you can tell me when you're ready, but I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm genuinely interested in how this shakes it, shakes down. Um, I'm curious, what, what do you think, where do you think I'm going to fall on him? 
Should should we tell people a little bit about what the movie is about before we start picking it apart or singing its praises, as the case may be? I think that would be wise. All right. Uh, it's about three brothers, because this is uh, the midst of our our loving brothers month of film. Right. Arguably, this is not. This could have been in Punching Brothers in a way. It could have been in Punching Brothers. Yeah. Or Punching to Loving, um, brothers. Uh, three brothers whose father passed away a year ago, and for some reason they've decided to take a trip on the Darjeeling Limited, a train going across India. One of them has talked the other two into joining him on this spiritual journey um, to try to reconnect, perhaps, uh, or maybe to assert control. Uh, depending on how you want to look at it. I want us to become brothers again like we used to be and for us to find ourselves and bond with each other. Can we agree to that? Yeah, okay. The, he summed it up better than I could. That's what the movie's about, this trip across India as the brothers try to do that. Okay, I would maybe... I could say that that's an absolutely valid way to explain it. I would say you could also add into the mix that the trip is kind of exists because it's a kind of like an outgrowth of their of their uh, grief process yes and it's a kind of an unconscious or subconscious drive to work out their their issues and their grief process with each other um or even just alone uh so you know in a way it's the same thing you said but i just think that but you so, wanted you know, to say it better no it's just i i uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no yes <laughs> Um, yeah, that's well, a good assessment. The facts. I just wanted to give the facts, the frame, the factual framework of. This and you story. did a great. You did just that. <laughs> this is turning into the movie right now. This. <laughs> this is like. This is. This is why Adam said to me when this movie came out, "We should all three go see this movie together." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wes Anderson movies kind of uh they 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 speak to me. There's something about his families and his movies and the and the eccentrics in his films that that really uh that remind me of some things that, that we've really? been through. Really? Yeah. Is there something bit. familiar about it, maybe? Yeah. A little Just a little bit. Huh. Huh. Um <laughs> what was your okay, so all right. Because this is, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about any other stuff. Let's get right into it. Okay. What's, well, what was your, what was your, you'd not seen this one before. I had not seen this one before. And, and I have to say, I'm, I am, I'm familiar with Wes Anderson's work through, through clips looking. I'm not familiar with a lot of his movies. I haven't seen a lot of his movies. I'm very familiar with his style through seeing clips and video essays on his work and seeing you know he has he, you you recognize a, a you can recognize a wes anderson movie a million miles away you know somebody could show you a shot and you'd go oh that's a wes anderson movie um so uh and i'm aware also that this movie is sort of considered uh one of his one of his worst um it didn't do well, didn't do particularly well critically. It didn't make very much money um, in within that framework. I, I do have to say, I 
absolutely loved it from beginning to end. So if this is if this is a bad Wes Anderson movie, uh, yeah, well, bring it uh, on. Okay, bring on the good ones. If we are we are in lo- we're in lockstep. Uh, yeah, I'm. The only thing different about us is that I've been, I, I've been an avid watcher of Wes Anderson movies since his first movie came out, and wait for them. Like I'm pretty excited when he makes a new movie. And had seen and fallen in love with several movies before this that he'd made. So when I saw this the first time, I will cop to not thinking it was his best. Uh, which is to say it's not as good as some of the best stuff you've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's still pretty great. But in re-watching it, I think it's a much better movie than I thought it was at first. And I think it's a movie that I just, I I got, but I didn't get enough the first time i saw it well and maybe i don't have a right to say this not having seen all his work but in general i i've seen lots of other people's work and and something that makes me nuts about critics is somebody may come along who's a genius and they make several genius movies and then they make a movie that's not up to their level of genius but it's still head and shoulders above other people's best work and the critics crap all over it like ah this yeah. is a piece of garbage because yeah. how dare not... they and, how dare and, they yeah how it's... dare they not make the movie that i made in my mind already that they should have made yes that's part of it yeah i um, I, I, I i you know i really do i did really respond to this and and um now it's kind of god i mean as per this last viewing i think it's kind of moved up to be one of my favorites but you know weirdly i'm I'm also as it turns out i i think some of my favorite wes anderson movies are some of the ones that did least well really yeah because my other favorite one and for a long time the one i just thought was my absolute favorite was uh, life aquatic which was not didn't do very well a lot of people hate it it was very divisive with his with his fans and i love it so I don't know. And 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 I'm less fond of a couple of the movies that I think are his most popular, which is a little strange, I guess. But um, that's me. I don't know about his face, but I think his brain might be pretty traumatized. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Um, did you relate to any of the brother stuff in this movie in any way? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, like more than any any film we've covered by a, by a mile, I just see an understanding of brother dynamic and and not like um what's cool about it is that I it's it's the it's a more mature brother movie. It's not an infantile. I mean, it's somewhat infantile, but the fact that they that they've learned to use words to argue with each other and and for the most part. Yeah. You know, and and that they have differences of philosophy. Um, they're more adult, but they're uh, but they're uh, so immature and so childish. And I I, I think uh, it holds a mirror up, man. I mean, it really does. Anybody that's got brothers, I think, would um, and you're and you're over the age of if you're out of your teens and you're out of the house and you're adults would really have to say this is pretty close to home 
Oh, very, very much so. Um, uh, there's, I love, uh, you know, know, I I struggled, I struggled with, didn't struggle with, I'm struggling in terms of trying to figure it out. The, the Bill Murray sequence at the beginning of the movie, um, in some of the stuff that I read, they just treat that as, um, um, Adrian Brody overtaking this businessman who misses the train and Adrian Brody gets it. And I kept thinking that that was symbolically the father being left behind on the station and them going on this journey. Anything to that for you? Um, A hundred percent. Do I agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think it may evoke a, a few things. I think, I think, you know, uh, if you don't know, like, if you, did you see Rushmore or Life Aquatic or no? See, the thing is, there's a lot of inside jokes here, too, because Bill Murray is in all of these movies. So right. he's in. So him making an appearance in this is just great because he, that's a Wes Anderson thing. Like, right. Bill and then not being in it. <laughs> yeah. And then not being. So it's funny in and of itself. Um, and I think it probably also acts as some kind of um uh like cart like uh, cartoon that that encompasses the whole thing which is essentially like an american you know materialistic business-minded man running and running and never catching up with what he wants to catch up with is really kind of what they're saying about these guys right you now too it's like a cartoon of that in the beginning of the movie I have a question for you. Did you see, um, just looking at the notes here about Natalie Portman being having yeah twenty well, seconds in the movie? Did you well? Did you see? I don't know how you saw it. Did you see the short that's supposed to go before the film? I did not. Yeah, see, the that's a in. that's a big. I don't. I, that's a really weird thing. I don't know why they're releasing it this way. I don't know what kind of deal happened where they where they felt like this was an optional short film, you know, it, it's not it, the, the short film that goes before it's like really part one and part two. It's actually not really to me like a short film. It's, it's really a very short chapter. That's the first preface to the movie Darjeeling limited. And both times I've seen it, I saw it with that. Cause I guess I got the, I guess I've seen it on disc. So the disc plays it that way. And it really does uh, work and it explains a lot. And it also helps set up that they're going to be vignettes like Bill Murray and like the flashback to the garage and things that helps uh, set the pace for it. Well, we're not live. We could pause the show. I could go watch it and come back. Well, it's like 10 minutes and I don't have the time. I'd rather, I'd rather feel superior to you that i've seen it that's quite okay what else is new um in terms of seeing movies movies, you don't have to feel superior you are superior um so i said it it and everybody hears it well look that's you know uh you, you already said you haven't seen in a lot of wes anderson movies so it kind of You've kind of done it to yourself. I didn't have basically, to. Really say basically, anything. this is a once a week chance for me to humiliate myself. 
you're you're hitting your own face with a hammer i don't i can't, i've done nothing um uh so yeah the short i mean in the short really did you read about it did you know there was a, a short pro prologue to the movie i, you, I did after i watched this movie and i started reading some things about it discovered that there was a short prequel prologue yeah it, it sets up schwartzman's character it kind of helps pinpoint him as the main character in a way because it sets up his story and it's just him kind of hiding out in this expensive hotel the, room. Oh, the younger brother, the youngest of the brothers, is the yeah. central character. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, who okay. would be interested in older people than okay. the older brothers? Got it. I, I see understand. where we're going here. Um, and uh, and he's visited by Natalie Portman, who is they've broken up, but she comes to visit him unannounced, and they rekindle their affair briefly. And it's very turgid. It's very. It's shot so much like you know, a French tragedy from the sixties. It's, it's perfect. This little tiny appetizer, but it sets up all these character traits of Schwartzman and also a kind of melancholy mood and tells you something about this family before it even starts. It's a good, in other words, <laughs> Oh, I love that shot. I love that shot of the glass. Have, have you not seen Grand Budapest Hotel? No. Did you see the French Dispatch? No. Okay. This is incredible. <laughs> I saw the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, that's good. That's a good movie. Did, did you see, see Rushmore? That. I didn't see Rushmore. I saw the Royal oh. Tenenbaums. Did you see Bottle Rocket? I saw the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I did see that movie. And I saw a short film um, from the the uh, website um, Something Trailers. What's it called? There's a short called Every Every Wes Anderson Movie You've Ever Seen. Oh, I think I've seen from that. Yeah, Forbidden uh -huh. Trailers or something like yeah. that. That's like Before You See I Love Dogs. And then it does a, a recap showing how every Wes Anderson movie has sort of the same shots in it. And yeah, brothers, and I, brothers I, I love that. The yes, the commentary video that you're talking about is also made like, you know, by apps and by a PowerPoint presentation. And they're making fun of somebody that makes things by hand and takes yeah. things seriously. Yeah. It's, well done. Yeah. But it's a very funny. It's a very funny. It is. Clip. Um, it is. Uh and so my my that was my education in in uh, West Craven. Uh, well, once again, this has been the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. <laughs> um, Actually, it should be this should be uh, Anthony Arkin talks about movies, and and Matthew Arkin reveals his ignorance. That should be the name of the show. <laughs> so. Um... So uh, let's see. What do we? Uh, where do we begin? I mean, the performances. There's no smoking, please. The performances are spectacular from beginning to end. There's not. I mean, a... it's 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 pretty rare that you've got a movie with three lead roles, first three stars, and all of them do arguably the best work they've ever done at the same time. Yeah. I really think it's Adrian Brody's finest hour. I just think he's incredible. Incredible. I'm used to Owen Wilson being absolutely hysterically great. 
you know, Jason Schwartzman does his thing that he does in every movie, and it's always it always works. This was just tuned perfectly. Adrian Brody, I didn't expect to um, uh, have him be this perfect cement because he's kind of the outsider here. Like Owen Wilson, Jason Schwartzman worked with Wes Anderson before, right? Uh, a lot, and Adrian Brody, I don't believe had at this point. So he has since. And stepping what? into this family, this whole creative crew that you know they've been working together a lot of them for a while for many movies. What's the main thing to me is I, I love how incredibly effortless every one of the performances seems. Um, yeah, so in, in contrast to uh, a movie that we talked about last week that we watched last week where the the effort that seemed to go into some of the 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 lead performances in that movie was i was exhausted watching how hard they were working and i I don't like that i don't like to see how hard the actors are working i don't mind the character going through something difficult that requires a lot of work but i don't want to see i don't want to be made aware of oh look how hard i'm working to entertain you and tell you this story right uh and i never felt that while i was you always that's funny you always said you liked my work i don't know what the where this is coming from (laughs) i love your work (laughs) Uh, stavos we love you stavos um yeah i mean uh so i'm curious this is interesting uh so you don't you haven't you this is you're kind of new to the wes anderson landscape i mean what royal tannenbaums is 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 you know extremely wes anderson movie yes um so you're you know what you're getting into here but some people complain because with any great filmmaker a big filmmaker there's a backlash and the backlash for him is that he's just he makes little claustrophobic dollhouses and it's all about design and it's not uh it's not about real people um boy does it did not that not feel that way to me watching this movie they yeah well me and real people but that may be that it they may not seem to other people like real people they maybe but maybe everybody in our family doesn't seem like real people. <laughs> to other, you know maybe maybe it's not healthy that these seemed like real people to me <laughs> well it's so what's so cool about his movies is that they're they're so literary in the sense that they're they they feel like books in many ways they're they're like literary experiences they're very literate they feel very literate movie they're very kind of like um they seem you know kind of uh not academic but just you know freaking intelligent like he's i love you too but i'm gonna mace you in the face (laughs) that's well maybe not the best example of what i was talking i had to do it there is that too yes there is that too But but there's stuff in it that that is very funny and that you need to have experienced a certain amount of the world for it to meet really mean something to you for instance if you're not well traveled and not well versed in various cultures the scene with the two german ladies is just not going to hit you as hard as it hit me 
I know okay. that scene hit you really hard. Oh yeah, I, I, I wasn't there when you watched it, <laughs> and yet I believe as I was watching that scene, I thought to myself, Anthony is dying watching this scene as I was dying because yeah. I I had a moment in um in a laundromat in Berlin, a, a story oft told that I know you know, with me and the the detergent. Uh, summer of yes. 1978 yes. Uh, that I still have nightmares about yeah and and that scene with the two German women having the argument at the next table if if you haven't been around the world and experienced some different cultures and different things yeah that scene isn't going to mean anything to you perhaps not or perhaps not as not. much or you may think that it's not that it's that it's a cartoon and not based on somehow on some kind of real ob observance of life which I think look at these assholes. We're invited to the funeral. Well, I mean, now the fact he, that it he takes gets, he gets right into it there. The fact that it takes the turn that it does, you know, is kind of proof to me that Anderson is not about little dollhouses and just design. Like he's he's really talking about really heavy things in life. All his movies have got a lot of grief or tragedy in them, you know. And it takes the turn exactly when it needs to, because I was just starting to feel, boy, is is this movie going to stop being kind of meaningless and racist in a way, like just the way it was observing and treating the Indian culture started was starting to make me uncomfortable. And then, then when it takes that turn in the way that it does, and it goes so deep in that immediate shift in the way they view and participate in, in the reality of the world around them, um, was, was so profound to me, the, the, right. the awakening that the brothers have. Yeah. And I, and I love, a, I, I love the fact that they're awakening you could argue that it's 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 not really a full awakening that it's like the first moment that they start to awaken yeah you know like they just start to like the first the first awareness that there's other people and they have feelings and it doesn't go schmaltzy it doesn't go so far the way that i think the movie last week also we could say kind of manufactured these emotions to push it really far and this movie and I think that's one of the things that makes it very literary to me are his things very literary is they turn on small, small events. They turn the movies turn on small internal issues, you know, I got to get off this train. Love her so much. Oh, that's my a God. Great character. And she's spectacular in it. Her first movie role. My brother froze. He's not with me anymore. And there you go. Now he's. Back. Oh. Jesus. Um, yeah, we were talking about um I don't have my glasses on. Amara Amara Karan. Yes, Amara Karan, which is her this hole in it. He escaped. No, we she's great. I mean, it's just a great she's a great character. You know what's amazing to me is that there there's uh, another uh actor from India, a woman, uh Bipasha Basu, who rejected the role in the film saying that she prefers to act in roles where she is not stereotyped as a typical Indian. And I was like, what about that role was a, a typical Indian woman? 
I don't, I wouldn't be the one to know. Really, I don't know. Um, Certainly not in 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 American film. Well, I think I, I think it's hard to say uh, what how you know. I mean, uh, maybe she could assume that an an um, an American filmmaker coming to India with American stars wasn't going to be telling a story that you know was in line with what she wanted to say. I mean, it's a fair thing to think and maybe maybe she'd even feel that way about the, the end results of the movie I'm, I'm sure there's probably people that <clears throat> this movie doesn't sit well with for for whatever reason i i, I never feel like I, I i unlike you didn't feel really uncomfortable with it because maybe uh i just knew that Anderson was putting the camera in the point of view of these guys. Like he was, we were watching, we were looking at India with them through their, their limited vision and, uh, and scope. And, and that they were really not the heroes of, I mean, they were here, they were our, our protagonists, but they weren't heroes of the movie. They were very I flawed. I, misspoke. I didn't feel like the movie was racist, but it okay. was, it was their view of the world around them. I thought, God, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. They're just, yeah. They're very entitled, incredibly entitled, narcissistic white dudes. Like, and, and because most. of that, we'd never see any of the other stuff about India until finally we do. <laughs> Hey, hey, come back here. What? The kid just left. Oh, just get out. He left his shoe shine. He... Well, now he can pay for this whole building. Those are $3,000 loafers. I love that he steals one shoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, you know, the filmmaking stuff on display, too, is really, like, crazy to watch, like, what they did. I, I mean... You know, his camera work, his camera work, which sort of violates all of the rules. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got an incredible style, but the fact that he, I mean, th just the fact that they decided to shoot this on an actual train, though. Yeah. I mean, that that wasn't, that wasn't faked. I mean, they were on a train and it was traveling, it was going through India like a hundred miles in one direction and then a hundred miles in the other direction for a month they they were on a train i mean that's like that's like spielberg doing jaws on a on a real boat yeah know? like everybody was like you're crazy that's ridiculous there's something called green screen let's they're what are you but doing no not a green screen. and um wait what is green screen again how does that technology work it can make you look like you're on a train when you're not. Yeah, just for just for train movies. I forgot oh. something. It's for it's for like movies on a train. That actor, uh, Waris uh, Aluwalia, who plays the uh, who plays the, the cabin master, the steward, the cabin master, the mm -hmm. steward. He's so spectacular. Oh, he's great. He's great, and he's in other Wes Anderson movies too. He's in a bunch. He's in uh, Life Aquatic and other stuff. What a great, you know, it's just, I, it, the, the filmmaking is so, uh, it's so handmade. It's so, it's so kind of perfectly tooled. I mean, all the gags just work like clockwork, you know, mm -hmm. all these complicated camera moves that are, that are tied to actors movements. And, you know, I was thinking about it last night. 
And uh, of the three of them, I feel like Jason Schwartzman is physically the most agile one in terms of how he's timing his acting and gags with the camera moves. Uh huh. He's like really on it, like exceptionally on it. Um, and I, I he, uh, he's worked with Wes Anderson before, probably partly it, but he also was a drummer. And I was thinking of that I wonder how much the fact that he's a drummer, that's kind of how he started, uh-huh. uh, influenced his physicality in this movie, for instance, and his ability to, you know, play these gags and the timing of all these gags. I don't know. I'm Maybe in, that's I'm a boring conversation. I'm interested. Maybe it is. No, no, I, I'm, I'm expanding on that. I want to ask more about the camera work and everything, because I'm interested to hear more of your perspective on it. To me, it felt like that, that camera work, the, the whip pans through the scenes where people are doing different things had the effect for me of making me feel as if I was another character in the scene standing there going, what, wait, what, huh? What what's happening over you know, as if as if it was my head that was turning, looking at all these things that were happening around me. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's that that's interesting because there's another aspect of this that's extremely distancing. Like you know, that kind of makes you feel like you're in it. And but the rest of the movie really feels like to me like you're looking at a piece on a wall. Because if it's extreme symmetrical design, everything being really, really very like um, symmetrically oriented, mm -hmm. um, screens just in perfect threes or divided in half with like mirrored images on either side, um, straight ahead shooting, like he doesn't do a lot of side angled shots. A lot of stuff is just straight on people or extreme side angles, like 180 degree side or straight on. Um, and a lot of those techniques, I think, with other filmmakers would be very distancing, like very uh, kind of controlling and manipulative of the audience. But to me, it's so light. His work is just like a pastry. It's like a little souffle. It's so light. And he's able to do these incredibly dense technical movies that are also uh, incredibly bubbly, you know, and, and that's that's just incredible to me. And well, then to also have meaning, you know, uh, real pathos in them. It's it's quite a magic act, you know. Well, and another thing about hammering you with that center frame of every, sh you know, all these shots of the people who are talking center, straight on center frame, is that's how we look at people when we're talking to them. Like in in movies, you and I, you and I having a conversation in a movie would be over the shoulder we'd each be given you know we'd it'd be rule of thirds nose room but when you and i are actually in the conversation when i look at you you're always center frame i don't i don't i don't put you off to this well yeah but you're back but your but your background when i'm looking at you isn't a perfectly symmetrically designed experience around your no. body no which this is you know um so it's an interesting combination of stuff. There's a lot of direct address. There's like looking into the camera. There's there's uh, there's a weird combo of distancing effects and then really subjective stuff too. Um, but this movie is really personal. Like I really felt I missed you and Adam a lot when I saw this. I was like afterwards, like damn, this I'd love to go on a train with you guys. I'd love to take this trip with the two of you. 
I got nostalgic. You know, it really um having I think having processed a lot of grief in the last two years with stuff um made me respect this movie because I feel like they were he really wasn't kidding around with the with the grief part of this, like it was really felt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um the characters weren't joke. It was it's funny, but it's not like it's not it's not taking any of the stuff as a joke. Like their father, they clearly had a, a really important relationship with him, and losing him was was traumatic. Was truly traumatic. You can feel that underneath the humor, you know. I just love, uh, I just love that, and um, I'd be really, I'm really interested to see to like dive deeper into why people didn't respond to this one. I mean, I get why he didn't make money, kind of. Um, but the critics, I don't really quite get it. It's such a love letter to other, you know, other travel movies from the the '60s and stuff, and and the the Indian filmmaker Satyajit Ray, who was apparently that and a Renoir movie called The River, were the two cinematic influences on Wes Anderson to do this. Um, And if you haven't seen Satyajit Ray's movies, he's great. He's he's also like tremendous visionary filmmaker. Um. So anyway, the, 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 the depth of his love of movies is also clear in all his movies, which is something I just, just love, you know. Throwing rocks at the train. So good. Uh, let me ask you, this is a really important question. Um, of the three brothers... Which one is Adam, which one is me, and which one is you? I'm not talking about casting. No, I figured tell you in real on, life. On, on this trip. Um I, I I tried to think of I don't know. Do you have a do you have a clear delineation? I don't think this is the brothers Karamazov. Like that would be an easy one. We could brush that quickly. The brothers carry matzos off. This one, I don't know. I, I think that it actually may, as far as I can tell, be uh, as it is here in age wise. I mean, it, it really could be me, Schwartzman, you, Brody, Adam, Owen. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely Adam's Owen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I I get I could see that. Did you have yeah. that? Uh... That's that's the lineup I had right, okay. right there. Yeah, I made I had you as Schwartzman and and me as Brody. Okay, yeah, I think that's how it would go. I, I wish I had half the class that Brody has, but you know, well, you know, he had some fine tailored suits to wear for this movie you that you fun. they'd have made them for you. You wouldn't have to supply your one wardrobe for this because do you know? I mean, let's talk. A, let's talk a little bit about like what's going on here on the screen okay this is a great movie great funny great acting funny story blah 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 but like the pedigree here is insane like his team of creative people wes anderson just works with these geniuses like they're all incredible um his uh his director of photography i find my notes here or i'm gonna be really sorry um his director of photography We'll stop feeling sorry for ourselves. It's not very attractive. 
Yeah, I, I won't do that again. Robert D. Yeoman. Um, I mean, he's he worked with Anderson from the beginning, from Bottle Rocket. They've done every film together. So their language together is, is just fantastic. But he also did movies like Drugstore Cowboy and then Bridesmaids. He's incredible. Production designer Mark Friedberg has been with Wes Anderson since Life Aquatic and did The Ice Storm, Synecdoche, New York, and The Joker, If Beale Street Could Talk. I mean, these are the best people working in the business. The editor, Andrew Weisblum, has been uh, with Wes Anderson since Darjeeling Limited and also did The Black Swan and The Wrestler and Mother and Aronofsky's movies. Costume designer? You know who this is? Now, you know, you said you, this is where I'm thinking about it because the costumes in this movie are, are like noticeably oh. like ridiculously great yeah not Need often in a movie that's like just a modern movie where you do you sit back and go my god is that is that gorgeous well this is melena cananero who what do you think her first movie was uh, uh sunset strip clockwork orange her Holy. first movie her first movie then she went on to do barry linden her second movie Midnight Express, The Shining, Chariots of Fire, The Hunger, The Cotton Club, Out of Africa, Tucker, Dick Tracy, Godfather 3, and a single white female, which Amelia is in. So it's a special place in my heart. And other movies. I mean, this woman is one of the greatest artists in film. I mean, it's incredible. So you'd be wearing a suit that she had designed for you, and that would have been uh, that would have been okay. You don't see design in movies like this very often, you know, honestly. And his fascination, Wes Anderson's design fascination, you know, goes back to like the old days of Hollywood. So he's he's doing stuff that people don't really do anymore. Like nobody goes and buys an entire train and paints the entire thing and drives it back and forth 100 miles through the desert anymore. They weren't doing that in 2007. I mean, that's like David Lean stuff. But he he did it. And um, and it, and the fact that, that he's doing that not in the service of some kind of like gun fetishizing violent action movie or bond movie or something, which is, which is the same thing. You know what I mean? Like that, that he got to do it for a weird drama comedy about brothers taking a trip. I mean, I don't know yeah. if we're going to see that much anymore. That's incredible to me. They're doing a lot of that stuff on Hulu, I think. Right. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Shutter. I think Shutter is doing some stuff now. Like that. not many people are doing that anymore. No, no that's true. That's and they true. certainly aren't shooting on film when they're doing it. No. Do you have? Um, are there things about the script? Or are there pieces of dialogue that oh jump God. out at you? I mean, it... please forgive this. Please forgive this. I Please mean, forgive this. Taking the teeth <laughs> out is. I don't know that there's a moment that I don't adore. I, honestly, it's just full of stuff I love. But yeah, there's a few lines that I I think are incredible. His line, um, Owen's line to Waris Alawalia, the steward, when he says he's apologizing for letting the cobra loose on the on the train. Yeah, and he says we're just trying to experience something. <laughs> <laughs> That's sums it all up really <laughs> there was a line in here that 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 hit so far so deep 
into my home. Why is your head so bald? Because I have alopecia. That that oh, that wasn't it. That that's a great line. <laughs> that's a great moment and a great line. But uh, I think it was Adrian Adrian Brody who says it when at one point when when um when Owen Wilson is talking about what they're going to go do in this spiritual thing and and uh Adrian Brody just says I'm going to go pray at a different thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm just like I'm with you buddy. That's that's 30 years of my life right there. You know go what? You guys you guys do that. I'm going to go pray at a different thing. I'm going to pray at a different thing. Oh my god. It's incredible. That, I almost I That's great. Almost it's had a, a It's a, a perfect uh, moment. A problem. It's a perfect moment. I um, also love the scene where they finally get to pray after shopping at the most holy spot in the world, pretty much. And they're bowing and and uh I think Owen Wilson says, Do you do you feel something? And Brody goes, I hope so. <laughs> and when, oh my god, when Adrian Brody gets the news that they're gonna see their mom, and mm. he says I'm going to hold this in for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be hired back. Otherwise I'm just a bad person. <laughs> yeah. That, that, um, I wonder if the three of us could have been friends in real life, I not know. as brothers, but as people. In and then, real life. And then Jason Schwartzman says, I don't know. And Brody says, well, we probably would have had a better chance, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's full of it, of lines like that. You know, he's clearly into into um, the writers from the '40s that you and I also like. You know, Preston Sturgis stuff oh, is very so much, much there. Like you know, um, I also loved. Uh, well, originally, I guess we came here on a spiritual journey, but that didn't really pan out. It didn't really pan out, <laughs> <laughs> which I think could be said. About anybody could say that at the end of their lives, I think pretty much not anybody could say that. Yeah, um, you know, all then how about like you know, Irfan Khan showing up in a silent role in a role of the father, you know, who's grieving the loss of this child? Oh, who just breaks your heart and he's got no lines at all, he's just kind of in the background. And he's one of the biggest, he, he died in 2020. Uh, he's one of the biggest stars India ever produced, huge international star. Mm. And that he has that moment, one of the most touching moments in the movie, when he starts to pass out in the river. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, just um, to see an, an actor of that caliber giving, you know, all that effort to no no line background role. I mean, it was that's pretty interesting. That was yeah, pretty cool. I guess uh, Angela other... Houston also needs to be. I mean, I. That's well, pretty always. extraordinary to, yeah. to just see her anywhere. But um, I love that uh, character. I just thought that was incredibly well done. Um, last bit of dialogue that hit me was the, uh, wouldn't it sound great if you could hear a train going by off in the distance right now? <laughs> and the other brother says, not really. And the third brother says, probably be annoying. <laughs> Would you like to read a, a short story I've been working on? How long is it? <laughs> <laughs> that, 
I thought that was taken from our family. It was a line from the breakfast table. Um, there's also a shot in this that made me so happy for nothing to do with filmmaking or anything, but there's a shot in the film where there's a tanker truck in the background that has the words highly inflammable on the side of it, mm -hmm. which is made me happy because that's proper English. Which, of course, they would use in uh, in India. In India. Because mm -hmm. in America, we say highly flammable, and there's no which, such which word. It's not. So. Which, if it means anything, it, may, it means it's impossible to set on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, curious about, like, you know, look, we could go on and on about about this movie about Wes Anderson. I would like to do other Wes Anderson movies with you down the road, because I think if you like this, you'll enjoy many other things he did. I'll watch, I'll watch more of his work music. Um, I want to say one thing about this song. Uh, your, my new favorite song is in this movie. The, which one? Where do you go to my lovely? It's my new favorite song. He's, um, He's a master of uh, of music. He knows how to put good music in movies for sure. I mean, he really has great taste with it. And I don't think like uh, even though he uses a lot of pop stuff, it's so it's so specific. It's not stuff you hear all the time. And his fetish for, you know, the kinks and that era of music just works in his world so well. I just kind of I kind of buy it. Um, do you have. um do you have a particularly favorite scene? Is there one scene that is just like your that's yeah, it? yeah. All three of them doing something different with the feather with the peacock. Oh, isn't that great? When they uh, I was reading about that today, and that was that's a beautiful thing, right? Like they they all do it wrong in the, the different first time. Way. The first time, the first time they all do different things wrong. Yeah, but they're trying to do it the way that they're trying to follow rules, and they all right. Screwed up. Didn't and then they find. The then they finally do it again at the end. Yeah. And they're not following any rules and they kind of do it right. It's so cool. Yeah. It's a, that, that is a, that is fantastic. Um, and then some favorite shots. I love the match cut between the funerals. It was so uh, uh, kind of jarring and surprising. I did not expect to jump to a different time. Uh, and, and we suddenly do. Yeah. Um, and then there, there's this shot, kind of an inconsequential shot, I think, but it really moved me, is when when the um, when they finally leave the village after the funeral and the bus pulls away, and the boy is left standing in the frame, off to the side, uh, for some reason was was very moving to me. All amazing stuff. My favorite scene, gotta say, uh, it's the bandage removal scene. <laughs> it's, it, it's incredible. And I have I have that line written down as one of my favorite lines. I guess I've got some more healing to do. <laughs> yeah, you're getting yeah. there though. Yeah. Anyway, definitely going to add a lot of character to you. I just, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's such a great combination of things going on there because it's a really hellacious makeup job. It it looks very, very real. And it looks like he, 
he really messed it up. Like he really messed his face up. And and it's much worse than you expect it to be under. Yeah. And they and the fact that they register that it's actually a lot worse. Like you're expecting to have somebody be like, oh well, you know, turn around this way. You look okay. It's like everybody's just like you're not done yet that's still a disaster no, you went face first into a mountain buddy yeah it's um that's my favorite scene i love that yeah that's pretty great i mean as as is the whole scene at the garage like the whole sequence at the when they're trying to get to their father's funeral at the mechanic shop is i mean <laughs> what it's perfect that's it's perfect what I was saying through that entire scene was what yeah but it makes complete sense like they they're going to miss their father's funeral because they can't not go not in his car like they have to have it perfect yeah you know and it's it's such a believable grief pattern too like you i believed that 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 would happen i completely believed it yeah um what um how do you watch this movie? What's the best way to watch it? I said that for me, the perfect viewing situation would be a, a foreign city for me, somewhere in Europe or somewhere maybe in the Middle East. I don't know, on a rooftop, like a rooftop lounge, seeing that movie, um, I think would be really nice. Because it's so open, the movie's so open air, there's so much open sky on the train. I'd like to, I wouldn't want to see it on a train, but I want to kind of evoke maybe seeing it in a place like that. Right. But like on a rooftop hotel lounge. Well, once again, you put me to shame. What'd you say? You're just so much at a urinal, at like an advertising plaque on a urinal. No, that's good. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with no, that. Mine was with a giant feast from Panatu Garden on East Sixth Street. Oh well, we can combine those things and bring order yeah. into the lounge. Okay, we can order in food. There you go. All right. <clears throat> um, What's your double bill? I didn't get to that, but now I'm thinking either strangers on a train or throw mama from a train. Okay. You're going the train thing. All <laughs> right. Going the train route. All right. Uh, I'm going to say five easy pieces for me. The Raffleson movie from the seventies. Okay. Cause there's a big set. Like Wes Anderson is like in the seventies. Uh -huh. I feel like he has not wanted to leave that era behind and he's still there. And the, it's, I think it would be an interesting, another interesting movie about, you know, um, a very well-off person kind of messing up. They're just kind of wandering through their life. And then the news of, of a tragedy at home that has to bring them back home to deal with their the death in the family. God, Another movie about so similar things. Oh, so <clears throat> uh, well, it's just about movies. That's all. It's not important. Who are you and who am I? This was hard for me because I didn't want to put us in the brothers, although I think we are, if we were going to cast as the brothers, that's how we'd line up, like we said. Oh, well, the recasting of the movie that I have is just you, me, and Adam. Okay. All right. Well, that was easy. That was yeah. definitely easy. Um, yeah. I, I I cast you as... Um, who did I cast you as? I think I cast you as... Over here. Uh... Oh yeah, you're you're the uh, you're the assistant. Okay, you're who you're you're, uh, you're, oh, you're Owen's assistant, played by Wallace Wallodorowski, who's the one of the producers on this movie, and um, who doesn't have alopecia. 
Well, I didn't look it up. I don't know if he does or not. I he saw a photograph didn't. of him. He's very covered hair everywhere. Well, maybe that was an old picture. That's, uh, yeah. Looked... Well, I met him once a long time ago when he directed a movie called Cold Blooded, um, which did is he an have interesting, alopecia? funny movie. He did not. He had hair much like the picture that you saw, but I don't okay. know what he's like now. But he's had, gone on to have a great career. I'm very happy for him. Um, well, who are you? So in, in I, I, put, I put myself as as uh, Barbe Schroeder the 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 porsche mechanic ah okay good yeah i had us as the assistant and the conductor but i couldn't decide which was which of us was which well wait the assistant being the girl who he has the affair no, with no no the, the the assistant that you had me being oh okay oh, thank you <clears throat> the assistant or the conductor okay one of us is but i couldn't decide which of us would be which one of them isn't the conductor uh He's an Indian man, yes. It's not <laughs> I I think there probably would not go with you, and that's a case. I'm just saying. I'm just talking character, they, not they would not be in the right not to as well. You <laughs> understand that, right? Non-traditional cast. <laughs> um, so you didn't do a recast though. Uh no, you cast us, you, you cheated, and I you cast just cast us. That's not cheating. We're actors. Never oh Adam would get this role, but we wouldn't. Well, and and would you want to get the role if Adam? Well, that's a yeah. silly question, of course. If Adam just made it happen and and you know, yes, through nepotism, got us the job. Yes, um, I'm I would be quite happy to be the Clint Howard of the Arkin family. Oh, I would I would jump through hoops to be the Clint <laughs> Howard. Are you kidding? That's a great thing to be. Better the Clint Howard than the Eric Douglas. That's I'll be what the I Ted. Do. I'll be the Ted Ramey happily. <laughs> yeah, right. bring it. Well, I, I had a little more time today, maybe, than you did, because I recast. I put a lot of thought into this. Okay. Now, you got to go with me, because, you know... Uh, you're going to name people I've never heard of, because you know things that I don't buckle know. Buckle up. Buckle up. Knowing what you know so far about Wes Anderson, do you feel like there's a... a he might have an affinity for, like, the French New Wave and for Godard and for, like, you know, Truffaut and that stuff? I mean, makes yeah. sense, yeah? yes. Well, he is. That's true. He is very much a fan of that. So I said, well, why not recast this in the past? So we're going to do a recast of the past, which I like to do whenever we have a, you know, a more recent movie. Because these guys can all kind of still play these parts. Let's face it. So let's do uh, Jean-Paul Belmondo as Owen Wilson. Okay. Belmondo from Breathless yeah. and Pierre Lefou. Uh Adrian Brody's part would go to Jean-Louis uh, Trintignant. From the conformist and God created woman, famous French actor from the 50s, 60s, 70s. And uh, Jean Pierre Laude, I think that's how you pronounce it, from the 400 Blows, Day for Night. Truffaut is the little kid that Truffaut discovered and, and put in 400 Blows. That would be the Schwarzman part. And I think them in a black and white version of this would be a Chef's Kiss. It'd be mwah. <laughs> that's what I think. Well, they're so good. They're all so good at it. So I mean, you know what? Another okay. Here's a good double bill. Three amigos. Oh, now there's a movie. Three amigos there's and this would be good. Yeah, Actually, I like that combo. That would be good recasting for this movie also <laughs> yes, <it would. laughs> 
right? With Steve yeah, Martin, Martin is Owen Wilson. <laughs> Martin Steve Short. Martin is Owen Wilson. Martin <laughs> Short is Jason Schwartzman. And uh, and uh, really Bill good. Murray. Yeah, not Bill Murray. Not Bill Murray. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Can we get somebody. Can we get uh, Chevy Chase? Nobody. It's no fun to work with. Apparently. He's really. Mean. Apparently he's mean. Oh, that's, that's a shame. Ah. That's what he would do to you. That's what he would do to me. Um, well, next week, um, we can we finish up our... Do you have anything else to say about this movie? No, just that I will see it again in, in, in a couple days. And next week, we, we finish up our, our Loving Brothers uh, marathon, short marathon, with uh, 1990s Coupe de Ville starring Patrick Dempsey, Danny Stern, Ari Gross, Joe Bologna, and some other guy. Yeah, yeah. And Ari Gross uh, is going to be a, a guest on the show. That us. is wonderful news. That's great. I haven't seen Ari in a long, long time, and I'm sure he doesn't remember me, but I know you're he does, he does remember you. In fact, I, I had a long conversation with him on the phone today, and he told a story about uh, asking if you were in Florida when they were shooting Coupe de Ville and he said that I said, yes, I believe you were. And he said, because we were in a van going somewhere and nobody was talking. It was totally silent. And then, um, dad said, uh, some, uh, I, I, I'll let him tell the story, but it went into one of those name games that we do in the family where dad just said a name of somebody whose last name was a, a, a dog of some kind. And, and then dad said something like um, somebody Spiegel or, or Be Beagle. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Like Walter and you, Kerr. And, and then you said, and, and you said Sam Shepard. Uh -huh. And dad said something, and then Ari said, what is happening? <laughs> that's right. We used to play that game a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, he'll he'll be joining us, and I'm sure he'll have lots of other stories to tell about you <clears throat> and dad and Florida, which is well, always a good time. Hell yeah. Hells yes. Does he collect ducks? Another great Florida story. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah great uh, so all right so join us next week for 1990s coupe de ville yes indeed looking forward have a good night everybody talking about cocktails that are stylish movies great or phony and how tony should win and matthew and matthew should win and tony but in the meantime talking about film You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know. <laughs>